Welcome to the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. My name is Jeanette Cochran. I'm a pastor, women's leadership coach, and self-proclaimed Jesus feminist. I'm on a mission to inspire and equip women everywhere to own our voice, speak up, create, and lead wherever God calls. Because when women rise, everyone wins. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Christian Woman podcast. So the first several episodes, we have been looking at scripture and what the Bible says about men and women. And I think I'm going to turn a corner now. I've, I've addressed a lot of what scripture has to say about the equality and the gifts of women and the mutuality between men and women. And I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to talk about something else. I don't know about you, but I tell you, sometimes in Christian circles, it saddens me that I get to the point where I feel like we women sometimes have to justify our existence. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, maybe that sounds overdramatic, but just I get so tired of justifying with scripture that um, that we have gifts and we have voices and that we should be included in places of decision-making and that women, because we are women, are not excluded from leadership and, and all of that stuff. So anyway, I spent several episodes, if you haven't listened to those, and that's something that you are interested in, or you've been wrestling with trying to understand what scripture has to say about the gifts and the leadership of women, go back and listen to some of those episodes. I certainly hope that they will help you. But I'm ready to turn a corner. And I want to just talk about today, something that I think a lot of women leaders struggle with, and that is perfectionism. Now, when we think about perfectionism, there's probably one or two categories that you fall into. Either you are someone that says, oh, yes, I know I struggle with being a perfectionist. That is totally me. Or there may be the other extreme, some of you that say, I'm not a perfectionist. I just know that I, you know, I'm able to just uh, move on. Things don't have to be perfect. It doesn't bother me. And that's not me. I used to think I was the sec in the second category, that I was not a perfectionist. And from what might be the textbook idea of perfectionism, what might be a personality-driven perfectionism, I certainly don't struggle with that. I mean, personality profiles typically will identify some personalities that struggle more with perfectionism than others. But I've recently come to realize that some of the ways that I hold myself back and I really, um, I zap the joy and the fulfillment from my life underneath of that if I pull back the layers, what's at the bottom of that? Oftentimes is this idea that I have expectations that I should be perfect. Now, of course, like you, I know that that's ridiculous. 
I mean, I know that none of us are perfect, and I certainly know that I am not perfect, but I sometimes expect more than I should from myself, and I sometimes get frustrated or angry when I don't measure up to the expectations that I've set for myself, or um, or I may get very defensive when I can't measure up to the expectations of others. Perfectionism is a tool of oppression. It never serves us. I talk often about how so many systems and societal messages uh, really oppress us as women, meaning that there are systems and structures that hold us back and stifle us and silence us. And perfectionism, unfortunately, is one of the ways that we sometimes oppress ourselves. Oh, perfectionism never serves us. Whether it's the unrealistic expectations that we set for ourselves and striving to reach idealistic standards, or maybe it is the standards that other people have placed upon us and our striving to try and reach them, even though we know they may be unrealistic. Either way, whether it's an outward perfectionism that we've internalized or something that we put on ourselves, it's always unhealthy. You may be thinking, yeah, but my tendency towards perfectionism has really helped me to be successful. Like without it, you know, I wouldn't have reached for the the, the high goals that I have strived for and that my perfectionism, it actually helps me to perform at a higher level and it's actually a good thing. But I want to suggest, I want you to consider this. Perhaps you have high standards and big goals, and I think we should. I certainly have high standards for myself, and I like to set really big, audacious goals. But high standards and big goals are not the same as perfectionism. Perfectionism is more than aiming high. It's expecting unrealistic standards and beating ourselves up when we fail to meet them. Perfectionism will always hold us back from rising to our full potential. The pressure to look, act, and be perfect manifests itself in many different ways. And this pressure sometimes comes from external sources But then many of us as women internalize those messages and we begin to adopt internal dialogue that promotes perfectionism. And perfectionism becomes a way that we oppress ourselves, we hold ourselves back. Now, perfectionism can show up in really sneaky ways, and so we may not always recognize it. So I want to list several ways that perfectionism may be showing itself in your life. The first is... When you look in the mirror, do you tend to notice all the things that you'd like to change about yourself? When you are working on a goal, do you get hyper-focused on the end result and miss the journey and the small wins towards success and are so focused on achieving the end result? If you try something new and you're not good at it, Do you tend to step back or give up or maybe even refuse to try something altogether if you're not certain that you will be able to succeed at it? If so, you may be struggling with perfectionism. Does criticism 
often feel like a personal attack, even when someone is trying to give you some constructive feedback to help you grow and improve? Is that really hard for you to take in? If so, it may be perfectionism rearing its ugly head. When you're finished with a project, do you notice the small imperfections more than the things that you like about it? Do you struggle with procrastination? If so, oftentimes below the surface of procrastination is this fear that we won't be able to do the work perfectly and so we hold back and we avoid it and we procrastinate because it feels too big. It feels like it's more than we would be able to accomplish perfectly. Do you struggle to call a project complete because you think you can keep improving it somehow? Do you not like people to see your home when things are out of place? when it's out of order. That could be a sign of perfectionism. Do you spend a lot of time thinking about how to improve your appearance? And do you experience anxiety when you feel like you're not in complete control of your circumstances or the outcome of something that you're working towards? All of those can be a sign of perfectionism that underneath the layers beneath the surface is an idea that we maybe we've set for ourselves, or maybe others externally have put on us expectations that we feel like we have to measure up to that we cannot make mistakes that we have to perform and that we have to perform at a level that is oftentimes unrealistic. Maybe it's not completely unrealistic for everyone, but it might be unrealistic given all of our circumstances, given all that's on our plate. Well, ultimately, perfectionism stems from unhealthy and unhelpful thoughts. Sometimes below the surface, we may think that if we can just be good enough, if we can just perform at a high level, then we'll be loved and accepted by other people. Sometimes perfectionism is the result of just the way that we were raised in our families of origin. If, for example, if you had parents that praised you often for getting really high marks and really high grades in school, as opposed to just praising your hard work, your studying hard, you may have unknowingly internalize the idea that the the high mark is what matters rather than the effort that you bring to the work. If you were maybe praised for scoring the most points in your in a game rather than just being praised for working hard and hustling, then you may have learned that perfect outcomes matter most. That may be kind of an unconscious thing that you've internalized and you've taken it into other areas of your life. Also, there's the sensationalism of success. So there's this motto, we've all heard it, go big or go home. That's an example of a mantra that society often elevates in the pursuit of money, fame, and success. And it's this message that oftentimes causes us to internalize the idea that anything short of big, and perfect is a failure. And then add the societal messages that women get. Messages are coming at us all the time that we're expected to do it all, 
to make people happy and to do it looking fantastic without breaking a sweat. And then there's the messages that we get from society of body perfection that are so pervasive. And we start internalizing those messages from a young age. I tell you, in this stage in my life, I'm finally really super aware of the messages of body perfection that I have internalized so much of my life and didn't even realize. Like now, (laughs) folks, I, I look back at pictures of myself from 10 or 20 years ago. And I think, wow, I looked really great. Like my body was perfect. It was fine. It was great the way it was. But you know what? I know back then, there were things about my body that I still didn't like. Right? I mean, it didn't look like the body that I saw on models and magazines. And I look back now thinking I would love to have that body. And I think I wish, I just so wish that back then I would have just appreciated and enjoyed who I was and loved my body the way it was with all of its imperfections. Because you know what? It really was good enough. It actually was really perfect for me. And so, you know, we could do, I could do a whole episode on body perfection. That's not really what this is about, but just recognizing that for us as women, body perfection is a real big issue because we internalize so many messages coming at us from so many different directions. But here's the thing. Perfectionism never serves us. There are so many downsides to perfectionism. A few of them include procrastination. So if you struggle with procrastination, I want you to consider that oftentimes the reason we procrastinate on activities, the reason that we avoid big projects is because underneath we feel this anxiety that we won't be able to measure up to the standards that we think we need to meet that we're worried that it won't be good enough. And so we procrastinate. Instead, we work on the easier things. Like we tackle the things that we know we can check off and that we feel really confident about. And it's the things that we're like, oh, you know, it's oftentimes, again, it's not conscious, but it's like, oh, this is really big and I'm not quite sure if I'm up to the task. And so we unconsciously procrastinate. If you have a big project or something new that you want to do and maybe an initiative you want to launch out on or a new adventure that you want to take on and you find yourself procrastinating, I encourage you to just reflect and try and dig down deep and find out, you know, it is the thing that's causing you to procrastinate because you're afraid you won't be able to live up to your own expectations. The other way that procrastination holds us back is that it often or I want to say always, if it's left unchecked, it leads to burnout. We stay on the treadmill, both physically, just working ourselves to exhaustion, or emotionally rehashing in our head and being concerned about things being perfect and everything going just right and crossing the T's and dotting the I's. And ultimately, we work ourselves into exhaustion to try and keep up and get it all done. The tendency to think that we have to always measure up and and be perfect really zaps the joy from what we're doing. I mean, there is no joy 
when we're stressed out and overthinking, there's no joy in that. And then sometimes we begin to think, well, you know, if I could just find the right formula for work-life balance, then I'll be able to do it all. And so we can find ourselves in this perfectionist trap of trying to figure out just the right formula of work-life balance. And even work-life balance can be a pursuit of perfection. I went through a season personally in my life, I don't know, I guess it's been 10 or 12 years now. But I hit a wall where I was so burned out that I did not have joy in any area of my life. And I stepped out of ministry for a season and I just needed to rest. And when I did this, I didn't realize the extent of my burnout until I really stepped away. And I was fortunate, you know, not all of us have this option to be able to just let go of our job. Not all of us can step out of ministry. I was in a situation, and I'm grateful for that, that I was able for a season to just step away and kind of get my head on straight and rest. And it was in that season of rest when I just, I let it all go, that I realized how deeply exhausted I was. And it took quite some time, but underneath the layers of that burnout was people-pleasing and perfectionism. If you are teetering on the brink of burnout, or if you know that you're someone that often has to really uh, regulate yourself because you can easily move in the direction of burnout, I want you to consider to really try and get underneath of what's driving that because I promise you, underneath burnout will always be some form of people-pleasing and perfectionism, right? Wanting to measure up to what others are expecting of us or what we think others are expecting of us, wanting to please them, and quite honestly, wanting to measure up to standards that we set for ourselves that are quite frankly unrealistic. So burnout, that's another thing. Perfectionism will lead you to burnout every single time. The other way that perfectionism holds us back is it causes us to uh, step back and self-sabotage or to be fearful of trying new things if we are afraid that we might fail. So in other words, if we don't know for sure that we can can succeed in something new, then oftentimes we just won't try it or we will quit or give up. I see this with high capacity women leaders more often. I think of one woman who is a fantastic high capacity leader, and she was a great leader. She would start something new. She was very innovative and kind of entrepreneurial, and she would start new initiatives and get people on board and grow them. And then every time on more than one occasion, she would get to the point where this thing that she had grown had gotten so big and she would be very stressed out and overwhelmed and frustrated that she wasn't able to control everything and just, and ultimately she would self-sabotage and then she would just decide that she was not cut out for this and quit. I saw this happen on multiple occasions. 
And this particular woman um, did admit that she was a perfectionist. And so we were able to talk a little bit about some of this and begin to realize that what was happening for her is she would begin leading an initiative. But as soon as that project or that initiative grew to a level where she was hitting a lid in her own personal skills or her own experience or her own self-leadership, she would begin to be overwhelmed and really fearful, fearful that she couldn't measure up. And she didn't feel comfortable because she was in a new space where she had to learn and grow and try new things. And there was a lot of unknown that was out of her control. And so rather than accepting the reality that, you know, that she wasn't perfect and that she was going to make mistakes because she was at a place where she was learning and being stretched. Instead of moving into that place and being comfortable with being uncomfortable, she would quit. She would find a reason to say, hey, this isn't for me anymore. And, and she would step away, which, you know, sometimes we do need to quit. Like there, there absolutely is a place where we as women sometimes need to say enough is enough. So I'm not saying that stepping back or letting go of things or reassessing is never the right thing to do. But I am suggesting that sometimes we need to really assess why it is that we are stepping back. Why is it that we're quitting? And Sometimes if we get below the surface, what we'll realize is we're just feeling completely out of control and really uncomfortable because we're in a space that we've not been before, that we're in a space where are are the skills and the strategies that we have used previously, the things that have served us are not working because we're moving into a bigger space. We're taking on a bigger sphere of leadership and what it requires is for us to grow. And here's the thing, friends. In order to grow, we have to be okay with sucking at things. (laughs) Like, let me say that again. Sometimes you have to be okay with sucking at something in order to get good at it, right? When we try something new, when we move out into a new space where we haven't been before, we've got to be willing to be terrible at it because that's what it takes. Like you've got to be willing to try it and work again. I mean, think about what it takes for um, a child to learn to ride a bike, you know, when our kids first get on a bike, they really suck at it. They need someone to hold them up. They're, they're going to fall every, you know, every other moment if someone's not holding the bike up and helping them to learn to balance it. And they don't feel good at it. They feel fearful because oftentimes they're like, oh, no, I might fall in, you know, a terrible accident, right? The reality is what happens is when, when you first learn to ride a bike, you really suck at it. But if you If you're willing to get back on the bike again and just say, hey, you know what? It's okay. Get comfortable at sucking at it because eventually you will learn new skills and you'll get good at it and you'll grow. One of the ways that we overcome this tendency of perfectionism is just say, hey, we've got to be willing sometimes to be the one who sucks at something so that we can get better at it. Ultimately, 
People who struggle with perfectionism are less likely to succeed. And here's the thing, women. I want every woman leader to succeed. Our world needs women leaders to step up and to grow and to step out in new directions. And people that tend to be the top in their field are not usually the perfectionist. They're not usually the one that gets it right every time or the one that doesn't have flaws. People that succeed in their fields and continue to move up are those who are willing to take risks, those who make mistakes and then are willing to learn from those mistakes, those who are willing to accept that failure is a part of the process. Let me say that again. Failure is a part of the process of growing to become the best version of yourself. Success requires failure. And so if we have unrealistic expectations, if we're not willing to fail, if we beat ourselves up and zap the joy from our life because we haven't always measured up, then we're going to be less likely to keep moving down the road to success. So how do we overcome this tendency to perfectionism when we see it show up in our life? Well, the first is we have to be willing to own our flaws. There's a mantra that I recently heard and I have adopted for myself. I think that the first first person I heard say this was Jody Moore, who I follow on social media, although I know it didn't originate with her. So I don't know who this originated with, but I have adopted it as my mantra, and it's this. I am half amazing and half a mess all the time, right? <laughs> I want you to think about that. And I want to say this. This is the reality for every human being. You are half amazing and half a mess. That's what it means to be human. And that's okay. To be empowered, to be empowered women, we have to be willing to own our gifts and talents. And we have to be willing to own our flaws and our shortcomings. We have to be willing to see the fullness of all that we are and know that, you know what, I'm not perfect. Some days I'm amazing and some days I'm a a hot mess and it's all good. I'm still worthy. Ultimately, we have to be willing to give ourselves grace. As Christian women, we talk a lot about grace. We talk a lot about God's grace for us and God's grace for others. And grace is simply unearned or unmerited favor. So I want to suggest to own our own flaws means we have to be willing to give ourselves the same grace that God gives us, to love and accept ourselves with our faults, to not become frustrated with them, to just own them and realize like, yep, hey, some days I'm really on my game and I'm amazing and other days I'm a mess and it's all good. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Because that's what it means to be a human being. I'm going to make mistakes. It's okay. I'm still worthy and loved and accepted. So the first thing is we've got to own our flaws. Another place where I see this idea of perfectionism showing up, this place where we feel like we can't make mistakes often, when I coach women, I hear this come up in their parenting 
And I get this. I've been there too. Because it's one thing for us to struggle. But when we see our kids struggle, it's even harder. I, you know, I've never met a woman who wouldn't be willing in a second to take on any challenge or any struggle necessary if it meant their kid did not have to struggle. And so as parents, it's really hard to see our our kids struggle. We want the best for them. And so because we want the best for them, we often tell ourselves that we've got to do this parenting thing perfectly. And here's what I want to remind you of, ladies. If you're a parent, you're going to make mistakes. There's no doubt about it. You will not be perfect. You will mess up in parenting your children sometimes. And you know what? Your kids can still turn out fine because you didn't have perfect parents. And my guess is you're doing okay. (laughs) There's not a human being on the planet that had perfect parents, parents who always parented in the right way and who always made the right decisions. So when your brain tells you that, like, oh, this is a big deal with my kids and I've got to figure out how to do it and how to do it perfectly in that place... You've got to stop, own your flaws, and say, no, I don't have to do it perfectly because I'm not going to do it perfectly. I'm half amazing, and sometimes I'm going to be half a mess, and my kids are still going to be okay because I'm going to do the best I can, and my kids are going to be resilient. That's part of the human condition. Ephesians 4.2 tells us that we should be patient with each other making allowances for each other's faults because of our love. And I want to suggest that not only are we supposed to do that for others, but in order to be able to make allowances for others' faults, we first have to be able to do that for ourselves. If you are not able to own your own flaws and make allowance for yourself when you mess up, then I promise you others will probably experience you in a perfectionistic way. And there will probably be times when they feel like they have to be perfect for you as well. Who we are and how we accept ourselves impacts how we show up and how we accept others. We need to be willing to make allowance for the faults of others. And we absolutely need to do that for ourselves as well. So own your flaws. You are half amazing and half a hot mess. And that's what it means to be a human being. And it is all good. The other thing that we can do to overcome perfectionism is practice self-compassion when you fail. So let me give you an example. For me, one of my areas of weakness is time. Anybody that knows me knows that if I'm on time for something, you can bet that I worked really hard and was very intentional to be there. (laughs) Because being on time and keeping track of time for me is just not something that comes naturally. I want to do it, but I have to work at it. Because I just, I I get lost in time. Um, I love people. And so I can get lost with people and I can get involved in conversations. I can get in the flow of my work and lose track of time. A couple weeks ago, I had scheduled a check-in with my assistant, Naomi, on a Monday, late in the day. I think it was like 4.30 or 5 o'clock. And typically, Monday is my day off. But something had happened the week before 
and we were not able to meet. And so I thought, you know what, even on my day off, because I need to check in with her. Sure, I, I can do my check in at 4.30 on Monday. And so I put it on my calendar. I'll check in with you at 4.30. We, we meet on Zoom. And on this particular Monday, I was with my granddaughters. Now, I usually spend the day with my granddaughters on Monday, my day off. I watch them while their parents are working. And usually my son is home, you know, between three and four o'clock. And so my plan was I would be done there and then I would do my check-in with Naomi. But on this day, things did not go as planned. And my son was a little later and I was still with my granddaughters by the time 4.30 came around. Only I had forgotten that I had that check-in on my schedule. So I spend the day with my granddaughters. It's five o'clock. I'm my son's home. I get in my car to, to drive home. I look at my phone and I see this text from Naomi that says, are we still meeting today? Well, by this time, it's 5.30. So it's an hour after our appointment. And so I am mortified. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had the check-in with Naomi and I forgot. And she was probably sitting on Zoom for a half an hour waiting for me. And so my internal dialogue is like, wow, that's so disrespectful of her time. She must think I'm completely disorganized. I'm completely a mess. How could I do that? Oh my gosh. And I was just beating myself up. And fortunately, because of this mantra, I'm half amazing and half a mess. I stopped myself and I realized, oh, yeah, I am sometimes a mess. <laughs> and in this moment, this is one of those areas where I wasn't amazing. I was amazing with my granddaughters today, but I was not amazing in showing up for my appointment with Naomi. Um, and I stopped to just first give myself some compassion. And so literally, literally what I did was I just stopped in my car because I was so upset with myself. I put my hand on my heart and I just said to myself, Jeanette, it's okay. You've got a lot going on, because that was the truth. It wasn't your intention to leave her waiting. You just made a mistake. You aren't perfect. And now Naomi knows you're not perfect. <laughs> but surprise, Naomi already knew you were not perfect, right? Right? Like, people know we're not perfect. And so we should not be shocked when we do things that actually confirm that we make mistakes. So anyway, so I just I stopped and I gave myself a moment to just be compassionate. And I realized that you know what, I'm, I texted her and I apologized and I said, I'm so sorry. And then I just gave myself grace. And I said, you know what, that's a part of being human. And I also said, what can I learn from this? And I realized, you know what? It was crazy for me to set an expectation that on my day off, when I knew I was going to be with my granddaughters all day, that I would check in with Naomi at the end of the day. Like that just, I could see like, you know what? That really wasn't that realistic. Why did I do that to myself? Why did I set myself up to fail? And um, so it was a moment where I was like, I'm just not going to do that anymore. I messed up, I apologize, I move on. So that's just one example from my life. And that may seem like a silly example, but I can tell you, I really felt mortified and you may be able to relate to that because I felt like I left her hanging and I just hate doing that to people. But 
when we fail, you know, whether it's big or small, sometimes we've just got to stop and practice self-compassion. We're going to make mistakes, apologize, learn from it, and move on. The last thing I will say again, and I touched on this earlier, to overcome perfectionism, we've got to adopt the mantra that we're willing to suck at things so that we can learn and get better. If you are reaching for more, if you're doing something that you've never done before, you won't be great at it at first. And so in order to take new ground, in order to get better, we've got to get comfortable with sucking at things, quite frankly. You learn and get better with experience. And so that means if we're willing to be bad at it and do it anyway, then we can learn and we can get better at it. Perfectionism is a tool of oppression that will weigh you down. It will steal your joy. It will keep you from rising to your full potential. But that doesn't mean that we sell ourselves short. We can still have high expectations and set big goals. And in fact, I think we should do those things. I think we should have high expectations. I think we should set audacious goals. But what it means is that when you fail to reach those expectations, when you don't totally achieve those goals, you don't use those goals or those expectations to beat yourself up you recognize that, you know what, sometimes you're going to get it right and sometimes you're going to fail. Sometimes you're amazing and other times you're a hot mess and it's all good. You're still worthy. You're still valuable. You're learning and you're growing. You're, you're on the journey and you forgive yourself when you fall short. You ask for forgiveness from others if you need to and you move forward. We have to be able to cut ourselves a break sometimes. Sometimes we need to shut out the voices that tell us we aren't good enough or we aren't doing it right or that we have to just um, be more organized and then we could fit 30 hours into a 24-hour day. You are half amazing and half a mess and that's the way the human experience is meant to be. And so this week, ladies, I invite you to consider how perfectionism might be showing up in your life. And then do the work to let it go. And some of the ways that you can do that is to just be willing to own your flaws. Maybe adopt the mantra that I have, that you are half amazing and half a mess. And that is okay. That's the way you are created to be. You are created in the image of God with incredible gifts and talents. And those make you amazing and you are not perfect. You are still in prog uh, process. You are still growing and learning. And that part of you sometimes shows up as a mess. But you are worthy and you are loved anyway. Own your flaws. Secondly, be willing to suck at new things until you learn and get better. That's just the way it is. And it's okay. And then third, when you do fail, when you don't measure up to the expectations that you thought you could meet or that you wanted to meet or that someone else placed upon you, practice self-compassion. Realize that to be human is to make a mistake and it's okay. Own it, accept it, figure out what you can learn from it and then shake it off and move on. When you see perfectionism in your life, I want to encourage you to uproot it. Because perfectionism isn't our friend. It doesn't help us become the best version of ourselves. 
It's a heavy burden that weighs us down. It is a way that we oppress ourselves. It steals our joy. It always holds us back from rising to our full potential. So let go of perfectionism and rise. Because when women rise, everyone wins. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with other women in your network. For more information about me and the work that I do, check out JeanetteCochran.com. And I'd love to hear from you personally. Come join the conversation on social. You can find me on Facebook at Coach or Instagram at Jeanette.Cochran.com.